Pass, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their face, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So I, I don't know if many of you have met Father Elisha, the new uh, priest here at St. Mary Church, and I was just catching up with him Thursday, and he was telling me a book that, that Bishop Yusuf suggested for him to read. And I'm like, you know, he didn't tell me anything, so uh, what book would, would the bishop suggest? You know, I'm curious. So I asked him, what, what book did, did Satanus you know, suggest for you to read? I would have never guessed. He suggested for him to read a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's not a quote-unquote spiritual book, but I was, that's why I was kind of like taken back. It was like, he, he suggested what? Like it, so I love that book. I love that book so much. And I've talked about this so many times because I love this, this one, one of these habits. Think of the end in mind. One of the habits of seven, uh, seven habits of highly effective people is to think of the end in mind. As you begin something, think of the end in mind. What's going to give you success to get healthy or to lose weight or whatever is think, think a vision, the end goal. Cast a vision of what's the end goal. So if you have that in front of you, this motivates you. This gives you clarity on what's step number two, what's, the number, uh, what's step number one, two, three. You have a plan put in, in place. Think about it this way. Maybe not at a macro, maybe a, a, a goal. Think about it at a, at a micro level. You decided today to come to church. At some point yesterday or whenever, you said, you know what, I'm going to sign up for church, I'm going to come to church. The end in mind was to come to church. Maybe your motive is to abide in, in, in God, our Savior. Maybe your motive is someone has, has twisted your arm to come here. Maybe someone is, is, maybe you're here out of guilt. Whatever the motive is, the end in mind was to be here. But it, it, but it began with prepping as far as going to bed early, preparing to come, hopefully you read the readings in advance, to come to this Eucharistic meeting for this Eucharistic gathering. There is an agenda, which is the meeting. So you did something, you, you set an alarm, whatever the case might be, you put steps in motion in order to reach the end in mind. That's just at a, at a 24 hour rate, I mean, just saying something simple, but you can apply this to every aspect of life. Think with the end in mind. I hate to break it to you, I don't know, depending if it's good or bad, I don't know, in your eyes. Tomorrow begins a journey. Not tomorrow, today begins a journey. Right now begins a 55-day journey. Today begins a 55-day journey. A journey that ends with us belting from the top of our lungs. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by his own death, and bestowing life to us. 
We declare this, these words in, in a procession. We recite these words and we declare from the top of our lungs, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by his death. If that is the end in mind, if the end in mind is now hope is personified, now death is redefined, D death has been transcended, what life is has been transcended by the God-man. If that's the end goal, if that's the end in mind, where do we begin? My biggest fear for myself, one of my biggest fears for myself and for our church family, is that we go through the motions. Oh, I, 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 I can read your mind already. Oh. The fast starts tomorrow. Oh, wait, the, the first week is preparation week. I, so fine, you know, I'll take my sweet time finishing up the milk and finishing the, the cheese and the egg. You, it's, it's this almost, this, we press this button and we get ready for this, this the, the going through the motions of, of, of this journey of Lent. And it's easy for us to do that. My biggest fear is, oh, it's time for Lent? Okay. Oh, it's time for oh, Holy Week? Okay. Oh, it's time for Christmas? Oh, and we just, it's whatever the, whatever's going on in the church, I just like, oh, okay, it's, oh, it's that time of season. Wow, the year has flown by. And we just go through it. That's my biggest fear for myself. Because on the outside, the beauty and richness of our holy traditions of our first century church, it does seem like it is a, a, a rhythmic robotic. It does seem like that. But if I, uh, th that's the constant. The church has given me so much richness for me to apply to my own personal growth. What is our approach to this journey? What is our approach to this journey? If the end is mind, is hope being redefined by what Jesus has accomplished? If the end is mind, that death now has a completely different meaning. Because no one expected this rabbi, this, this Jesus, this Jewish leader to, to rise from the dead. No one expected that. 2,000 years ago. But now, it, it, it's clear he is Savior. Now, it, he is the personification of hope, of life, the fullness of life. That has been clearly made. If you and I want that in our life, is to hold on to hope, want to hold on to new life, wanting to put down some aspect of our life and put to death. If that's what we want, if that's the end in mind, where do we begin? A great Sunday school answer, begin with faith. You should have faith in today's Matins gospel. If you have faith as a mustard seed, just have faith. Begin with trust. You can use those words synonymously, faith and trust. Begin with trust. Yeah, I trust God. You trust God. If that wasn't the case, you wouldn't have woken up early. You would be sleeping in. You would be having breakfast right now. But you have some degree of trust in God. We make a mistake as Christians to think that trust or faith in God is a button. What do I mean by that? Is, yeah, I have faith in God. Boom. I have faith in God. Yeah, I have faith in God. If I ask you, do you have faith in God? You would say, yeah. It's not a yes or a no if you have faith in God or not. It's more than that. Faith in God is not a yes or a no. Do you have faith in God or not? Faith in God is asking what is the next step. It's a muscle that is being built. It's now the question is, do you have faith or not? Do you have that muscle or not? It's how are you growing in that trust? Okay, you have trust in God. Great. What does that look like day to day to you? What does that mean? 
How does that apply to your struggles, to your tension, to the pain, to the anxiety, to the pressure, to your issue? What does that mean? Okay, great. You have trust. You have faith. Now what? Is it, oh, yes, I have faith. I'm, I'm good. It's a little bit bigger than a mustard seed, so I'm golden. And that's it? It's what is next. Like if I say this room is warm. I don't know if it's warm or not. But let's say if it's warm. There's warm and there's warmer. There's degrees of, of, of the temperature. I can't just say the room is hot or cold. I can't just say that. But I can say, okay, is it warm or is it warmer? There's, there's different degrees. When, uh, when Father Elisha and I were, were hanging out on Thursday, we went to, uh, one of the texted me saying, we're about to go somewhere. And, we, and he said, well, let's grab uh, fried chicken before we, we go out. He felt he needed to have fried chicken before Lent. Like that was a must for him. So we went to Hattie B's. Because I was my first time going to Hattie B's. Nobody knows. Okay, well, I can't tell from your face, mask. It's okay. So Hattie B's is a, is a restaurant. I ne I, I've heard of it, but I've never gone there myself. Uh, but he, so I knew it was like a big tourist thing. Like I know a lot of people like to go there. So I told him, let's grab chicken from there. So we grab chicken from there. But it's not, you don't choose, do you want, uh, you want mild or hot? You don't say, do you want your chicken spicy or not? It's not that. There is degrees. It, so you, I can't just say, I want hot chicken. They're going to say, okay, what type? Our, that's a really horrible example, but you get my point. Is Faith is not just a, a button. Do I have faith or not? That's not the question. It's how am I moving? If it's there, if the prerequisite of yes, you have faith, which I'm assuming you are since you're here. If you have faith, what's the execution? What's the application? What's the next step once you have trust or once you have faith? There is a Coptic priest who was just recently canonized into the church named Father Beshoy Kamel, Saint Beshoy Kamel. He said these words. Faith is the power that moves our ship through the raging sea of this world. Faith, again, faith is the power that moves our ship through the raging sea of this world. Trust, which transcends us, trust which goes beyond materialism, trust that goes beyond a person, trust that goes beyond our status, Trust that goes beyond our followers. Trust that transcends that is, it empowers me to go through the raging sea of this world, through the pressure, through the anxiety, through the, through the brokenness of this world, is my trust. And the question is, where do we lay our trust? Why I told you to pay special close attention today to the Catholic epistle. St. Peter, such a, a, a guy that loves to kind of speak and, 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 and speak his mind. He, he addressed something very clear to us. And I want to make this as applicable to you and me that needs to be applied to today for this journey that begins tomorrow. St. Peter says these words. He begins his letter. He begins his letter to a, a group of early Christians by addressing who is this letter from. Okay, just as you would write any letter, you want to see who's, you know, who's sending this, 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 this letter. Simon Peter, that's his full name, a bond servant, he's saying that I'm, I'm a servant not to, to God, an apostle, I'm the messenger of, of, of Jesus Christ. I'm a messenger, I'm an apostle, a bond servant to Jesus Christ. This is a letter to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's saying, you have obtained something very precious that I have. That was a game changer to my life. And I'm writing to you, what I'm writing to you is because you have attained the same precious faith that we hold on to very dearly. He continues. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. In his introduction, 
He's saying what we have attained is not just a, 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 a nice blessing or, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not something... It, this, is, this is life. What we have attained is holistically in totality life, which is found in the God-man, Jesus. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. St. Peter continues. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature. He didn't say for you to become friends with Jesus, for you to uh, get a blessing from Jesus. or for it. He uses a very intimate word, which continues to be an intimate word and an integral word to our language as first century Christians. We come to partake, not to take, partake. We come to abide, a more intimate word. So St. Peter is saying we're partaking of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, be diligent, be persistent, push through, add to your faith. So he already begins now his list by saying, okay, Christians, that's awesome. You just, you, 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 you're all into Jesus. I love it. Now I'm writing this letter to you to know what comes next. Fabulous. You have faith. I love it. I'm proud of you. Now what? So now he's already assuming that whoever is reading this already has a baseline of having faith. So St. Peter continues. Add to your faith virtue. Like, push through with virtues. Do I have the virtue of being patient? Do I have the virtue of being gracious? Do I have the virtue? Am I working? Am I pushing through to have the, the, the virtue of forgiving, even though it's painful? Am I pushing through that? Add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue knowledge. Add to, add, so add to faith, add to virtue. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. Self-control to perseverance. Self-control. An integral exercise that the church gives us. And you don't like to hear this word. Fasting. There's something, when I holistically approach my Savior, not just in my quiet time, not just in my connection with God, but it even goes into my diet. It goes into the rhythm of my life. This builds the virtue of self-control. But this is not like, a, 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 okay, I'm going to fast, you know, you know, the last week of Lent, or I'm going to fast. No, persevere. He says, ounce of self-control, perseverance. If you push through with self-control, with perseverance, add to perseverance, godliness. Because we are, we are designed to be godlike. We are made beautifully in his image and in his likeness. So we're pushing in this direction. I, I love how St. Peter, obviously he, he, he didn't put it in bullet points. I'm the one putting in bullet points. But so he making a clear, like, this is the direction you need to go. He's almost putting a guide map for us as followers of Jesus. Okay, begin with faith. Great. Then add virtue, add knowledge, add self-control, add perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. I love this. If we are trying to become godlike, then okay. Be kind to one another. If I asked anyone, regardless of your worldview, if you say you're Christian, non-Christian, uh, Muslim, or I, I'm, uh, religion only brings, only brings issue, I just want to be nice and kind and gentle to everyone. I should love everyone. Everyone can agree, be kind. But this is not where we stop. It's easy to be kind to everybody. It's super easy. Like, I, I love the conversations when people say, why, why Jesus, why, why all this? Why can't we just be kind and love, and love everyone? Okay, I'm with you, yeah, sure. 
But my obligation, my divine responsibility, does not end up being kind. Fabulous. Everyone can be kind. Add godliness to, to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, the epitome, the ethic of love. This unconditional, sacrificial ethic of love. Let this be the end goal in mind. And love and hope was personified in a crystal clear way because there is an empty tomb. This 55-day journey begins with our trust in God. Fabulous. What's next? St. Peter continues. For if these things are yours, he's like, if, if you're moving in this direction, if you have this game plan in front of you, if these things are, are you're pushing through from, 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 from faith to virtue to self-knowledge, if it perseveres, self-control, if you're moving in this direction, if, for if these things are yours and abound, you will, neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted. If I lack having clarity on this game plan ahead of me, as far as the next steps after trust in God, then I'm just short-sighted. That means I'm, I'm playing for the short game. I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have trust, so let me do this whole church thing. Let me just do this service thing so I can pat myself on the back. I'm a good person. Then I, my, my game plan is so short-sighted. We're in it for the long haul. The struggle of pushing through with the ethic of love as followers of Jesus is super hard. It is demanding. We can't be short-sighted. It's the long haul. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. Be even more persevering. Push through to make your call and election sure. We have been elected to be the image and icon of God. Be diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you won't stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Something I know you want regardless of where you are in your walk in faith. You want to find a grand entrance into everlasting kingdom. You desire that, even though you might not know what on earth that is, but I promise you, you want that. If that's the end in mind, where do I begin right now? Maybe it's us asking, where is my faith? What do I trust? What gives me some ease when the anxiety and pressure of this world, what gives me ease? Is it, is it the stability of my job? Is it me refreshing my bank account to see how much is in there? Is it how many followers I got? Is it that, that, that things go well in this class or what, whatever the case might be? What gives you ease that you lean in, that you trust? What is that? Who is that? Maybe that's your first question. Maybe for some of you, you can say, yeah, I'm all in. I have faith, but I, I, when I'm really pushed, I, I feel like it, it's, it's running thin. Ask yourself, what's the next step? If I go with this game plan that St. Peter clearly addressed and gave us a clear, like, I love it because it's so tangible, it's so applicable. It's like right in front of me. What do I need to do? It's not theoretical. 
what's my next step? What I love about our church is now as we begin this 55-day journey, the church is aiding us and holding our hand as a mom, basically. And this is why we, 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 we titled the church in, 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 with, a, with a female gender. Because the, 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 our, our mother is holding our hand, is guiding us. So our mother, the church, says, okay, you know what? If we're going to do this journey together, let, let, let's go all in. Let's modify some aspect of our diet. Let's modify some aspect of, of, of our morning routine. Let, 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 let's, let's, let's make the most of this journey because we want to gain the most having the end in mind. Another thing that the church gives us is the hymnology of the church. Now, if we're going to begin this journey, okay, how did Jesus handle pressure and, 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 and issues that came his way, which you and I have tons of pressure around us all the time? If we look at the God-man, how he managed, the, how, he, how he approached the, the struggles, then I can apply that to my life as well. If he's the fullness of humanity and divinity, then there's something for me to gain. Fasting, okay. Prayer, okay. Don't overcomplicate it. If Jesus did it, let me give it a shot. If Jesus did it, let me give it a shot. Don't complicate it. The hymnology of the church, which is prayer put to music. From this moment, from after the gospel of this Sunday before the journey of Lent begins, the church, we will pray together, we will stand and pray together, the gospel response, in which the church wants to make it clear for us to understand that God is Father. That God is Father. And you will begin to see, beginning next weekend, in the hymnology of the church, that now we're beginning introspection. If we say the end goal is Christ has risen from the dead, if we're saying that's the end, that he has trampled down death, if that's the end goal, we're going to belt from the top of our lungs, if that's what we're going to say in 55 days, then what's the language now? If that's the language of the church then, what's the language now? It's saying that God is my Father. Blessed are those who have mercy and give to those who don't have what I have. That's the language of the, 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 in the hymnology. The church says, for us to say, I have sinned, so personal, so intimate, so introspective. I have sinned. Lord, there is no master without forgiveness. There's, there, there's no servant without sin. More importantly, there's no master without forgiveness. It's introspective. It's for me to acknowledge where I'm weak and for me to acknowledge where my, my point right now in order for me to get to the point for me to say, the, the tomb is empty. Death has been trampled. If that's the end that you and I want to belt on Easter, we have to begin here. Let's do this journey together. I want to be a little bit annoying to our church family for us to push through this Lent. I don't want it to come and go and for us to just go through the motions. I'm going to talk more about it in announcements as far as our game plan. But at least for this morning, for the next 30 minutes, ask yourself, okay, I have faith. What is asked of me next? I have faith. I got trust. What is asked of me next? If I go with this game plan that St. Peter put clearly in his second epistle, what's my next step? Let that be your prayer as we move eastward, not to take, but to partake. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray together.